Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z today, talking about All for Lena. All for Lena, the fifth song on the album Glass Houses, which is Billy Joel's seventh studio album released on March 12th, 1980. On June 14th, 1980, Glass Houses hit number one and stayed there for six weeks, and it lasted a full 73 weeks on the charts. This is a powerhouse album with an obscure song in the Christopher Bananos 2015 Vulture rankings out of 121 Billy Joel songs. Where do you think he's putting all for Lena? Well, I'm excited. This is the first one that I can actually give a a high guess to. I'm going to say 28. It's 50. Really? Yeah. I don't think he cares for it as much as we do in the Newsday article in 2017 out of 124. It is 63, which is even odder. But here's the whole thing. And a fan ranking, fans ranking out of 121, it's 29. Oh, man, I was right on. You were. So clearly, right there, it tells us this is a fan song. You have to be a Billy Joel fan to like this. You know, it's not a hit. It wasn't released as a single. Well, it was released in, in the UK, but it's one of those songs that was, I, I remember when the Bridge album came out and I was in my car listening on the radio and I heard Running on Ice. That song was never released, I don't believe. And I remember they played it and they're like, here's this thing of Billy Joel's new album. And it was very exciting. I'm pretty sure we haven't gotten to that yet, but it wasn't released as a single. You know, that Modern Woman was, I think, first or and then Matter of Trust. But Running on Ice, I don't think it was ever. So I think what they would always do is put out something that wasn't released, but you'd put it out in the world, let DJs play it kind of to let you know that Billy Joel had a new album. And this was one of those songs. This song kind of reminds me of Running on Ice or I guess vice versa, because this song came out first. But they both are very frantic and unusual sounding where when you hear them, you're like, do I love this or do I hate this? Because it's so weird. But then you realize you love it. It's got all the quirks that you love about a Billy Joel song. You're so right. That's a great way to put it. This is clearly a fan song. And if Glass Houses is considered his rock album, which, you know, either makes people angry or the the people like us know it is his rock album. All for Lena is it's not even I mean, it's it's such a. amazing song but it's not even like real like like who writes a song like this it's like something we've never heard before you can't even consider it rock except that it's fast paced and hard driven but it's like nothing that's why we this is the reason this song is the reason we like billy joel because no one writes a song like this in their catalog of stuff i will say maybe i'll get to this in a little bit but someone wrote a song like this song about a year before he wrote this song. This, do you not hear this is very, very similar to Hold the Line by Toto? That 
whole intro. Listen to the intro. It's very similar. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know the intro when it starts with the keyboards. You're right. And I really liked that song a lot, but I don't combine those at all in any way because Hold the Line is more, it's Toto and it's more, it just is more relaxed and more Africa and Rosanna like than this manic song, which, by the way, you know, when Glass Houses came out in 1980, he did Five Nights at the Garden, Five Nights at the Garden, which was unheard of in June. I went to one of those, my first concert ever. Whoa. Five nights, which means because this was coming, the stranger 52nd Street to this. And I mean, to have three unbelievable albums in a row like that. You know, I mean, look at the song list on Glass Houses. You may, this is in order. You may be right. Sometimes a fantasy. Don't ask me why it's still rock and roll to me. All released. One, two, three, four. That was unheard of in 1980. Mostly in the 80s and the later, the, you know, or like around the Michael Jackson 83 to the end of the 80s. That's where they made albums, where you'd release seven singles off a, a great album, you know, like even Def Leppard or something like Hysteria. But, I mean, I would say this is really unheard of to release four singles all in a row, all on the first side, ending with All for Lena on that first side if you had the the vinyl, which was just a, an amazing listen. But I only found out about All for Lena, if I remember in my head, later like in 1987 when maybe i was driving and i listened to the whole album its entirety and i was like oh i forgot about this song because it's just you know it's not something you always mention or talk about and i guess it came at the right time because i was dating a girl i was completely obsessed with and i'm like well this song's unbelievable was this guy in my head the song is about like a one night stand and then his obsession over this girl Although, of course, Billy was married at the time. So the story he tells is that it was about some friend of a friend who visited the studio and everyone was lusting after her. Well, he's made it clear when he's been playing it that he should have written it when he was 16. But it doesn't matter that it's a one night stand. It's one of those things that happens to all of us, usually, unless you're you and get married when you're 10. Uh, But normally, (laughs) but normally every guy and girl gets obsessed about one particular person in their life and it's not even love it's like lusts after them and has all these feelings and i definitely had that in 87 where i picked this up tried to play it on the piano because it was so amazing let alone that that bridge with that keyboard that he he's been talking about he said that's what changed the whole album the yamaha cp80 which apparently changed you know made the whole album happen the harder rock edge to his normal piano yeah, well, I looked. I thought it was this. You're talking about this cool synthesizer that comes in around the three minute mark. Yes. Yeah, I love that sound. It's so, and you know, it's funny. If you look on YouTube, there's a live performance from 1979, which is before the album came out, where he's playing all for Lena. And instead of using the synthesizer there, his guitarist does a killer solo on guitar. What and- about that video when you watch that? You know, he specifically says, Billy Joel says that the bass line is the key to the song telling you which direction it's going to go. And it's one of those things you didn't even think about until he mentioned it. You know, and then you're not thinking, I'm like, wow, yeah, that is pretty powerful. But when you're watching that video you're talking about in 1979, he's his piano is right near the bass player. And it really looks like the bass player is having trouble keeping up. It looks like a very complicated bass line. You see that guy's expressions? I, I didn't notice that. 
yeah, look at it next time and you'll see it's like, wait, does he even know how to play the bass? Or was this some guy he got from the audience and he asked him to keep up? Because it really just doesn't look like he's having a a great time putting it together. It must be a very complicated bass line, even though it doesn't seem complicated in our minds. Yeah, maybe that performance was before they had actually finished it in the recording studio. So they were still learning the parts and uh, that's why it changed at that point. And that's one of those things in 1979, he's just doing the concert. And then he's like, here's something off our new album. Can you even imagine? I would be like, if I heard that song, I'd be like, I cannot wait for this next album. This is, this is unbelievable. And remember the key to this song and glass houses was that he was trying, you know, after playing all these smaller venues, even in, with the stranger in 52nd street, getting to, 52nd Street, by that time winning the Grammy for it all, going to arenas, he's like, we need to make new songs that are good for these clubs, that are good for Madison Square Garden. So if you're, he was saying, you know, you, you can play Don't Go Changing, but it, it's great and all, but we need anthems. And All for Lena is a perfect example of something you want to play in a stadium. Perhaps he even invented arena rock. That's not true, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that that idea of like what music would be good for a huge audience is same the same thing that Queen did when they were like, we got to have stuff that's going to get a huge crowd into it. And then they wrote songs like We Will Rock You. And that's kind of like what this was. It was like, this is going to work. This Excellent is going to people up. Uh, well, I'm sorry. What I'm sorry. It wasn't the 1979 one. It was the 2015 Bonnaroo concert where that guy is playing the bass and it looks difficult. Sorry. Yeah, I watched that one too. And now, yeah, the whole group, even Billy seemed kind of uncomfortable during the whole performance. Yeah, they all look uncomfortable, but that bass player looks really uncomfortable. Very interesting song to watch him perform live. Right. And that's why it's so great that we have this music video that he put together back in 1979 or 1980, because it's just the band playing live on a soundstage. And it is hilarious for just how quintessential early music videos it is. Well, yeah. I mean, when he was making that, there was no MTV. So, you know, this guy was a guy that loved doing music videos. He was when when the Nylon Curtain came out and MTV was, you know, fully out. He was all in where so many other musicians were like, I don't know. I don't feel it. But he wanted to do stuff. And it's weird for him to have put together something like that where he's just mugging for the camera the whole time he's like mugging you know it's it's such a strange video but it is so much fun let alone that killer tie and jeans <laughs> yeah the looks that he puts into the camera he just stares with the biggest eye like the hugest bug eyes it's like he said to the director listen what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna just not blink for the next four minutes and the director was like yeah you're billy joel just that's good we'll do that and he also was like, you know, what? I'm going to also go get a, a fake tan. So I look like a young Donald Trump. Yeah, good he point. Skin he, in that video? Yeah, he does have a fake tan. You're right. He's so orange. Well, I guess he was enjoying himself before he wrote. You he know, was he definitely had, enjoying himself. This he was just won a Grammy. This this song, besides being about the obsession over a woman, I think is also about a major cocaine shortage in New York that happened because Billy Joel snorted all of the cocaine <laughs> in New York. <laughs> that is certainly what the video looks like it looks like that yeah let's, let's definitely do a video we'll do a video it is so weird because it really is a classic video if i remember you know we haven't gotten to there yet but the it's still rock and roll to me and all that stuff was all concert footage because again they weren't making videos back then it could be because you know he uh, 
he worships Paul McCartney so much and stuff. And McCartney did a lot of that stuff with the Beatles, which was so important now that they even have it. And, you know, those other guys weren't interested at all. He goes, no, no, but years later, it'll be great. You know, like, and they're like, shut up. So, the kids are going to love it. Right. So maybe Billy Joel was thinking heavily ahead. You know, what's funny is I know you don't buy into my comparison to hold the line too much. But I understand. I understand it, though. But if you watch the video for Hold the Line, they both both videos open in similar ways where it starts on a close up of the keyboard and then pans up to the person playing it, which in one case is Billy Joel. The other case is David Page from Toto. And they both are looking at the camera in a really weird way. And it's just so funny, the comparison between these two songs, which I think are very similar. You're right. Let alone that uh, Billy Joel won Grammy for Best Album in 1980. And then uh, three years later. So with this uh, this David uh, character, as you're saying, what's his name? Page. Page. Page or Page. I'm not sure if it's a hard ch or not. Unbelievable. I really like the vocals on this song because he hits the words that he needs to hit so hard. It's a it's a really complicated vocal. He's got he's hitting words like third rail shock, and then he has that point when he says when your old man's saying stop, and then the music stops. And the high note he hits when he sings washed up on the sand. It's it's all over the place, but in a perfect way. Have you ever seen him do it in concert? Yeah, twice on YouTube. Oh, well, I meant like, oh, um, I meant in live in concert. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, because, and I don't know if they show it in YouTube, but when he says stop, you know, he stops for a while. Like, uh, you know, and then the audience gets into it. Woo! Woo! <laughs> you know, there's always like a hundred idiots who think that's the end of the song. So they're like, oh, <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> right, right. No, it's a movement. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an awesome song and concert. What, what, what do you have uh, listing for how much he plays it uh, recently? Well, so he's played it 57 times total, according to setlist.fm. And he played it a lot around 2014, 2015, but not very much at all in the last three or four years. You know, he must have so many songs where he's like, let's bring it back and let's not do it anymore. Yeah, it's like it's either in the rotation for a while and then it's like, all right, let's do Zanzibar for a while now instead. So it's always like it's in that kind of mix of, of like fan favorite non-singles that he can mix in or out when he feels like it. And I would just say this one last thing about All for Lena in the in us doing this podcast A to Z. I feel this is the first song in the A's that we've done because we've hit a lot of crap <laughs> that you and I don't care for. Uh, maybe you know we like a little there's been some hits but there's nothing that's been really we could kind of sink our teeth into of what made us billy joel fans and i would say this particular one would make you a billy joel fan this is something we all like as fans it's a fan favorite as we saw in the the countdown lists by the people that write articles and then the fans right it's like a litmus test if someone says they like this song you know they're gonna have a similar viewpoint on Billy Joel as you. They are a real fan. Right. And they're not going to be like, oh, that song's so stupid. It's not rock and roll. No, it maybe it's not rock and roll. It's just brilliant, amazing, and something of the likes we've never heard of before and probably will never hear again because it's almost at a show tune status, but it's this true epic thing that uh, is not really a billy joel wheelhouse kind of thing but it's he's just got that thing where he can take a song i want to make a song that's like this or like that and he makes it his own and he makes it better than anybody else could do it 
That's why he's the best. So it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Dave, what do you got for me? All right. I've got a, a good one, but it could be a very easy one. The keyboard opening in All for Lena is very reminiscent of what Bon Jovi song? All right. Um, it's okay. I, it's, I know this because I, when I was thinking about how much it sounded like Hold the Line, I also thought it sounded like a certain Bon Jovi song. And that song is Runaway. That's incorrect. All right. That's right. Yes, of course, it's <laughs> Runaway. And it's weird because, you know, I just had Dave Bryan, who plays the keyboards for Bon Jovi on my Comedy Cellar show, and he was playing it, which was really exciting. Because he probably, you know, that song was written in 82. So he probably, you know, had that in his head a little bit. Like, why don't we open it with a great piano thing? And, of course, that's uh, Bon Bon Jovi's signature sound. That's how we found out about Bon Jovi. It was very exciting. So anyway, Elon, what is your trivia for me? Okay, so my trivia question is, in 2002, at a special music industry event, what female pop star sang a cover of All for Lena? Here's a hint. She was a pop star then in 2002, but hasn't really done much lately. Debbie Gibson. No. Uh, Let me try again. Um, Jewel. That's a good guess, but it's not right. But based on my hint, she's in that wheelhouse of people who were famous in 2002. It was actually Nelly Furtado. Oh, God. Right. What happened to her? I don't know. She was big. What was her song? She had I'm Like a Bird and then oh. Promiscuous featuring Timbaland. That, was, like that a was a really big one. I remember that one. Yeah. So, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but Weird Al Yankovic actually did a parody of All for Lena. What? Yeah, he did. It was called Now and Laters. You know, like the candy? I'm, I'm totally familiar with that. So this song was about a man's descent into madness as he realizes that the only food in his entire house is a 12-pound tub of now and later's candy. It was kind of like a G-rated version of the coke-fueled paranoia of all for Lena. In this case, just a sugar high. Featuring such lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to sing it. But uh, the chorus, of course, as, as you might know. Sticks to my mouth just like glue because I got to eat now and laters. My whole tongue has turned blue because I got to eat now and laters. Hey, now. Boy, that's something else. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the worst song Weird Al's ever written. (laughs) You know what? The thing is, it's hard for him to write a great parody about a song that's already so great to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. That's why his his parodies of songs like All About Soul or A Minor Variation were so good, because those songs were not so good. Excellent point. Excellent point. Well, that was all for Lena. I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. Tune in next time for more Billy Joel A to Z. (laughs) 